This is TJ Jaganowski, and this is Improv Nerd. That's improv, bitch. That's an Im- improv, bitch. I mean, after all, you're nerds. Improv nerds. Improv nerds. Improv nerds. Welcome, I'm Jimmy Corain, and this is Improv Nerd, the podcast where we get up close and personal with some of improv's biggest icons. Tonight is our last show here at Stage 773 in Chicago, and before we, we move on, I just want to thank everybody for making this happen, and uh, I love these guys, and we are moving to Second City, or as they say in the theater business, we are transferring our show, um, and what a great guest to have on our final night, and that is T.J. Jagodowski. Of course, T.J. is half of T.J. and Dave, one of the longest-running and critically acclaimed improv shows here in Chicago in New York. We sat down with T.J. with one of our deepest and most personal um, interviews yet. We talked about his brother committing suicide, the vending machine falling on his foot that he very rarely talks about, and a breakup that he still isn't over. Thank you for doing this. <laughs> we always you. have a good time. And we did Carl and the Passions for a couple of years. Yes, we did. And I always had as much fun with you, performing with you, but more fun when we had the note sessions. Uh-huh. Remember that? I do. And I'm not going to give the guy's name, but we had, a, we had one coach that the note session actually was twice the length of the show. Yeah. <laughs> and the promise was always like, this will be real quick. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you were always like, the thing I was amazed was like, it was you and Noah on that team. And you guys, and, and I guess to me, the three of us had like 100 years of improv together. And you were always very respectful, no matter who we had as a coach. <laughs> yeah. Where did you, how did you learn, you're, you're very, a very respectful person. Was, was that something you, that you were raised with or developed or... Um, well, it was our coach, okay. you know, and, um, and, and whether our coach was, you know, like, it, uh, good, bad, otherwise, they're, they're telling us what, something we should listen to, right. you know, um, and I played a lot of sports, and I was held the name coach, I guess, in a lot, in a lot of respect, um, that to the point even where I'd call other people, like, who were just, like, uh, I found... <laughs> Wise in my world, I just started calling him coach. You know, like, just like, oh yeah, you're keeping me, you're keeping me on track. Um, and I would also say for and this team that Jimmy and I, I, I were on, the initial idea was that it combined older folk with with people who were just out of classes, uh-huh. and they would combine those two groups for the team. Um, and I thought if it would be also a good example for younger people that if that if they saw us like rolling our eyes or right. whatever, then it's an excuse not to listen to to the people we should be listening to. Um, and so, in case their eyes left this unnamed person and saw one of us, I wanted us to be watching that person so that they would come back to that person because we were all supposed to be doing what that person was saying. What did you like? We would have these note sessions, and it, I'm not exaggerating. They, they did go along. What did you learn from that? Um, well, in the same way that that coaching is is like taking classes and stuff that I've always sort of pictured it like a like a salad bar where you know like you don't want 
you can't make your bed out of like baby corn. Uh huh. I, I hate. Yeah. I hate baby corn. It's I not hate, real corn. It's got to be real corn. Right. It's just undersized. Yeah. You know, like uh, so. You you find the person you make the 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 bed out of, and then anyone has something to offer, and so you, you get two baby corn. You know, or you right. grab a baby corn. You know, or a couple of artichoke hearts. Uh, mm-hmm. But that if you listen to anyone, they're gonna they're gonna teach you something. There's going to be something to add to to, to the salad, so um, I, I can't at this point put a point on anything that that particular person said. Okay. But I know that something still lives in me that happened during that. Now, growing up uh, in, in Holyoke, Massachusetts, were you a funny kid? No. Would your did you did your family think you were funny? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> what did they think of you? Uh, I was very studious, okay, uh, and a bit neurotic about it. I, I can't was... see the neurotic part at all. <laughs> really? Yeah. Really? No, I'm serious. Okay. Yeah. No, I was very neurotic about it. Uh, my mother, I, I would say, still considers me probably the, like the unfunniest person that that in she's... the family. No, that she's met. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. and, they, and they didn't know what you did for the longest time, right? You had to keep explaining to them what you did? Well, it takes a while to explain to anybody what improv is and, mm-hmm. until, um, until, you know, until they see it. And then they're like, oh, my God, why didn't you just say that? Like, okay, well, describe it to me what you just saw. Like, I don't know how to say it, you know? Um, but everyone, yeah, everyone goes through that. Like, so it's stand-up. So it's whose lines? I'm like, no, it's like a play. Kind of, but, you know, like... Until you see it, you don't you don't know how to explain it, and then they got tired of trying to explain it to other to other people as well. So um, they just started bringing busloads of people to shows. <laughs> Great! Now here's at least forty people we don't have to explain it to right. anymore. <laughs> And you, your dad was a plumber, and actually, I Still want to is. thank him. He gave me a great tip yes, when I did. was about the uh, the, the faucet. Which yep. I, I didn't know. I, I I was having water pressure problems. Yep. This is great for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was at did, Noah and Linda's faux wedding celebration. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah which uh, Noah Gregor Robinson and Linda had the mm-hmm. wedding celebration at ten thirty on a Friday night at the Improv Olympic. Yep. There was no shows that night. It was just a wedding celebration. And the tail end of the hurricane was hitting Massachusetts, and my dad got trapped in town. Yes, mm-hmm. and he was there, and he gave me a great tip, and it it, it worked. It yep. added my water pressure. But you worked for your dad uh-huh. for a short period of time as a plumber's assistant or something like that, and he fired you. Yep. What happened? I could not get up on time. Are you serious? <laughs> At that point, did you say, I can't get up on time, I'm going to be an improviser? Uh, no, no. Uh, I, I didn't know what improvisation was. I just knew I had a hard time waking up in the morning, and that would, <clears throat> it would probably behoove me to find a job that starts at 10 at night. Or, you know, even this is kind of early. Yeah, I know. 7.30, yeah, Christ. Yeah. <laughs> and then you skipped the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Was that because you were so studious? You were so, I was so smart, Jimmy. <laughs> uh, is this uncomfortable talking about you? Yeah, is sure it? it is. Okay, what's yeah. unco- what do you feel uncomfortable about? Because knowing you, you you're, there's a sense of being, you're guarded a lot of times. Is that true? I don't know. I find myself pretty open. <laughs> uh, I don't know. It's like hearing your voice on... The answering machine, or you know, like, uh, or seeing your a picture of yourself, it's not, it's not the most comfortable experience. Uh-huh. But I can handle it, James. Okay, no, I know you can. <laughs> uh, 
I moved from a, from a public school to a Catholic school as I was moving from third to fourth grade because everything in my neighborhood at that time we could walk to. Mm-hmm. Um, so we walked to the baseball field, we walked to church, we walked, we walked to school. And they were going to start um, busing, busing kids across town. Um, and it just seemed like more worry when the Joseph Metcalf School was right here and Blessed Sacrament was right here, literally shared a fence. And so my mom was like, well, I'll just put you in that other school, and then that way you can still walk, walk to and from. And I had two younger brothers, and we would walk to school together or whatever. Um, so I think somehow in the, in the changeover, when I went from um, the public to parochial school, I tested out of fourth, of, of fourth grade or whatever. So I went from third to fifth which created an awful uniform experience. Because <laughs> now I had, to, like, I had to wear uh, ties, but my mom had already done um, school shopping, so they were all uh, like golf shirts and stuff like that. So I had to wear clip-on ties on golf shirts. <laughs> and then in the wintertime, I was still wearing clip-ons, but they, they, would, they would fall off because I was trying to get them around um, buttons and, and stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I'd, I'd end up in like Mr. Miller's social studies, and like, where's your tie? And like, oh, this is gonna be awful. And it was just like stomped on because it fell off in the hallway, and everyone was like playing in the snow so we down the, <laughs> the end of the hallway. <laughs> it was, and they were all knit ties back then. And uh-huh. Like that was that was hot. So it was like this textured maroon knit tie with boot prints and <laughs> mud and salt and stuff on it that I'd have to like throw back on my neck so I could learn about the colonies. <laughs> and then uh, your brother dies when you're 21. 21. Mm-hmm. How, uh, uh, how has that death impacted you? Um, I miss him. Uh, what was your relationship like with him? We were pretty close. Uh, but Todd was a moody, uh, a moody kid, I guess. Like I, that was the name for it back then. Like, oh, it, your grandfather's moody. It was probably bipolar, uh-huh. but it didn't seem like that word was mm-hmm. around, and, and or maybe I was unacquainted with it. Um, but so he was moody. So there were days you just kind of stayed out of out of Toddy's way. Uh, and younger were, or older? Younger. Okay. I was I was the first. I was the firstborn. Todd was eighteen when he okay. when he when he um, he, he uh, committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Um, so our relationship was as as good as it could been. We always got along, um, but there were days when you just stayed out of Todd's out of Todd's way. And how, how did that affect your parents? Um, oh, I'm, I guess in the way you would imagine. I, I hear there's nothing more. Unnatural than outliving a child, or yeah, outliving yeah, outliving your child. So, um, but I also hear that that often leads to marriages falling apart. And my mm-hmm. folks are um, still as close as they've ever been, mm-hmm. and have dealt with it in very different ways. I would say, but just celebrated their forty-first anniversary last last week and um, they're still best friends it's it's a sickening bar to try and live up to like, <laughs> if I got married now I'd have to live to like 82 to get anywhere yeah. just to get where they are now and they're nowhere near done yeah. you know like, 
I can relate. Yeah. yeah uh, I, uh, my parents had their 50th wedding anniversary. And if Lauren and I got married today, and we, I would be 97. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to live that I don't want to live that long. I don't know about you. You know? I want to live that long well. It just doesn't, you don't imagine you're really well at that point. Pasquazi's dad had something wrong with his uh, prostate. And uh, his doctor was like, yeah, you live to the point, like, if you're 80, your prostate's gonna blow. Uh-huh. We're out living our it's parts. It's like a gasket. Now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're out living our parts. Right. You know, like if you stay alive long enough, everything's gonna get awful. You know. Like. Now, when I when when I did research on you, I I, I was just the the amount of pain that you've had in your life. Your, your brother. Jesus, yes. <laughs> You said we were going to talk about Holyoke and then talk about TJ and Dave. There's a well, we don't, we don't dip have, in here. We don't have to go there. No, I'm fine. Are you really? I'm well acquainted okay, with the this, night, okay. James. Okay. <laughs> There's only a few people I could go this far with. I just want to let you know. Um, and we already had Noah on okay. the show. Yeah. Right. Okay. Um, in college, a vending machine falls on your, your leg. You almost the, you have an operation. You almost lose your leg. Mm. Okay. Truth be told, I pulled the vending machine over on my leg. <laughs> Is that true? That's not how it's been reported. What's, what's the... What, you, what I happened? Was, I wanted munchos very badly. Now, were you drinking? I was. Okay. And that's probably why I wanted munchos as badly as, as, I, as I wanted them. Uh, and it was, it was honestly one of those like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. <laughs> right there. Uh, so I was like, well, maybe I just rattle this machine, you know, like I tried to push it from the front. It's like, I'm not getting enough leverage. <laughs> so I move around the back of it and I'm pushing on it and it was like, uh oh, there it goes. So I got around, I moved around to the side real quick. I was like, I'll just catch it. Right. Because <laughs> I'm thinking, as you tell this story, I'm like, vending machine's not that heavy. That's yeah. what you would think. Yeah. It's probably 1,600 pounds. <laughs> uh, so I moved around to the side, and this leg came out a little, <laughs> a little far, and it, uh, it came down mid-shin. And I was like, well, maybe it's a sprain, honestly. <laughs> I'm wearing soccer shoes, so I, I, uh, I try and get my, my leg out. And my knee's doing this, but my foot's not moving. So I untie my shoe and pull, pull my leg out. And I'm still thinking, like, maybe it's a sprain. And I, I put my foot down, and it's just like... <laughs> and it sounds like six pool balls in a sock. Right. It's just like click, 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 click. So I started hopping down the hall. Because my buddy, at this time, my buddy's doing a radio show in a soundproof booth. Now, are you thinking, like, what story am I going to tell him, or are you just going to get help? Um, At this point, I'm like, this is worse than I thought it was. Okay. (laughs) So I'm, I'm, I'm like, hopping down the hall, and the the foot's just kind of like, you can feel it just kind of like dangling. And two people walk into the building. And we're like, hey, can you tell us how to get to, like... <laughs> Honestly, like, Jimmy, like, I answered. It's like, yeah, I, there's, there's a security guy. You came in the radio entrance. The dormitory is way around the other side. So you got to, like, go around there, and the guy's going to ask you for your, for your ID and show him your ID and then check in with him. Thanks, man. No problem. And by the way, the vending machine's not working yeah. on three. <laughs> right, like, 
Uh, and so I got into the to the radio booth, and I told my friend Jason, like, I need you to do two favors for me, like, um, call call an ambulance. I think I broke my leg, and uh, and tell him to hurry because I think I'm going to pass out. <laughs> but it's like a major surgery, and they say the doctors was like. If you would have waited, then it gets infected. There's gangrene, and you almost lost. Yeah, it was a staph heading towards it had a staph infection heading towards gangrene. I guess my body rejected um, the screws. Uh, it, there were plates and screws and stuff in there, and it wasn't cool with the with the screws for some reason. And then uh, this is just I, I haven't even got. I mean, we're just going through. I mean, I'm sorry. I'll, okay, I'll, I'll, no, I'll, no, I'll, no, I'll, no, no. No, you're doing great. Uh, then what else has happened to me, Jenny? Well, there was a, a, a girl that you were going to marry. You asked her to marry her a couple of times. And yep. She said no, and you. And First time she didn't answer. Second time she said yes. A day later she said she wished she had. Said I, we're no. not going to reveal the name. Do I know her? I mean, is it mutual? You know. Her. Okay. And you were you loved her. Absolutely. How did you get over that? I'm, I don't know if I am. Okay. Um, and then you also then you get vertigo. Yep. <laughs> You're doing Second City main stage. This is like a huge. You know what? I got to tell you something. You have such good nature about this stuff. What else can happen to me? Right. I'm like Garp when he's going to buy the house. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you have you on main stage. Mm-hmm. Things are going great. It's a great review and stuff. It's a couple months, right? Mm-hmm. And then what happens? Uh, You're on stage. Yep. And then something very odd um, visually happens. Uh, uh, I was delivering a, a, a monologue, a very short monologue stage, right? And I'm looking out, and, and like this, you know, you can't see the the back of the house, and the it, it's tough to describe. But everything, everything I'm seeing just drops through the floor and comes back through the ceiling. It pulls back to a to a point, mm-hmm. and then shoots. It was like a it looked like uh, something a bad cable, you know, channel would do of like between videos, like whoa, whoop, wow, uh, and so it pulled back to a point and then and then snapped back, and all uh, I, I was uh, confused and uh, uh, I couldn't remember if I had finished uh, my my little monologue or what scene we were in. Uh, so when the lights went out, I went back to the wing and at Second City they post um, even deep into the run they always have the, the running, running orders order. you know so I look at the running order hoping that it would jog something and and I couldn't recognize uh, a scene I didn't know if I was in the next one if Are someone you... said you're in like now you're in long day's journey in tonight I'm like okay well I don't know that either you know so I'm just going to stand here for a little bit and see and see what happens uh, I fumbled through the rest of uh, that was in the first act with only like I think three scenes to go, um, and I didn't do the second act. They did the second act with with the the five, and I went to Grant. I don't even think Grant Hospital is there anymore. But I went to Grant, and they said I had vertigo. But it never. It's not. Do you still have effects from it? I still don't feel like I used to before that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and over time, <clears throat> that experience has has uh, tangled itself with uh, an anxiety that still keeps me from doing anything um, anything scripted. Um, I used to get regular afraid, you know, like anyone gets afraid. Um, uh, but then you start doing it and the fear goes away and then you're fine. Um, 
but now it's become twined with a thing that I just uh, I don't do anything. So does it ever sh- I, I, does it ever show up when you're doing TJ or Dave or Carl and the Passions or any um, of the other shows? Be- Chicagoland? A little bit beforehand, but not during. Um, for some reason, I thank God because I I was not intent on doing ever doing like movies or television. Second City was an end an end in itself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't going to be like a springboard to go do other stuff. I just wanted to do that. I thought I was going to be one of those guys who like. They do five reviews, and then you have to be asked to leave. You know? <laughs> right. And then even after that, I just wanted to play on a stage in front of in front of in front of people. Um, so when that, <clears throat> and I don't, don't want to say like it was taken away. That sounds too like it, it feels like it's out of my control right now. So I guess that's the best phrase for it that it was taken away. But for whatever reason, the thing that I really loved doing more than anything was improvising, and thankfully that's been spared. For some reason. It seems that the focus that it takes to improvise doesn't allow that worry. Mm-hmm. And, and, and also with the script, it's, it's of all the words that were ever made, ever, spoken in any language or whatever, this word is correct right now. And as soon as you get through that one, there's only one word that's correct after that. And now there's only one that's correct after that. So they're not sentences anymore. They're, they're in, like odd challenges at every step of the way. But with improvising, and hopefully this is true when we do this, Jimmy, that uh, <laughs> every word that's ever been spoken in any language is still okay. Because I know you're going to make it right, or we'll find a way to, to be okay with it. Um, and so I, I still get to improvise. And speaking of improvising, let's improvise. And, Love you know, I, we talked before what we wanted to do, and, and I, I, this is what I would like to do. Okay. okay. I would like to do... What you do for TJ and Dave. Okay. So what would that look like if we did that? Um, it usually looks like looking at everybody in the eye, at least from what I do. Okay. Um, now, now, why would we do that? Uh, that used to be to find the girl that would stay unmentioned, uh, to see where she was in the house. Is she here um, tonight? I doubt it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I think she's probably working right now. Um, but uh, Is she, I, I, We're not going to get her name. Is she still in Chicago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Uh, so it was to find her because I started seeing her right around the same point that Dave and I started playing together ten years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was to see her. It was to see her face, and that would make me less nervous because Dave can be, uh, especially not knowing him, you can be real nervous around. I was very nervous last week. <laughs> yeah. with the, I was intimidated and scared. So you feel that too sometimes? I There's a part of me that feels more comfortable around him than just about anybody I know, and there's still a part of me that is, is I never want to disappoint him. And so that that would that still had holds What is it in Dave? Because we had Noah on the first week, and Noah said, the guy that I want the most approval from is still Dave. What is it about Dave that, and I feel the same way, you know? He's awesome. Mm-hmm. You know, like... Uh, uh, I think in a in a in a, in a you know uh, psychological sense, you, you get uh, if you get to paint with Rembrandt, you want mm-hmm. Rembrandt to say you did real good, right? You know, um, in a very practical sense, I think speaking to Dave, he gives you no indication how he feels about what you're saying <laughs> as you're saying it to him. <laughs> Where most of us are like, oh, right, you know, or nod or, like, smile. He just does this. <laughs> and it's only because he's listening that intently. He doesn't right. want to miss anything. But watch someone, 
watch like a 24-year-old say, that was a really great show. I just want to say it was a really great show. All Dave's doing is this. And that person will be like, or it wasn't. <laughs> uh, maybe it was not. Like, you probably don't. I shouldn't have even said anything. I'm sorry. <laughs> All he was doing was, he was just listening, but um, he just doesn't kind of have those, like, you know, little little check ins with you to like, yeah, go ahead, keep going, you know, like 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 you're not, you know, um, and so the speaker feels like, okay, I'm on the right path, you know, he he just just you know, like, but it's funny because I don't think he's not looking for approval from other people, and I, don't I think, think that so. I mean he's th- that's what I admire so much. He he doesn't have, I don't I really it's rare to meet someone that isn't afraid of anything, mm-hmm. and so far. From what I've seen, he doesn't fear a single thing. That when we fly, I'm ter- I'm not terrified anymore, but I do not like flying. And honestly, you said one time, if this plane started going down, or we were talking about the plane going down, um, he would just kind of sit there right. and experience the feeling of a plane going down <laughs> to the point where you die. Right. You know, like... That's it's that's unnerving in itself. It's like, I want I want someone to freak out with me, you know? Like I'm gonna if you go into a dead spin at thirty six thousand feet and you're like, okay, what do we got? A minute and a half until this thing hits, and I'm like out of my mind. I look over and he's just like, oh my god, I'm gonna die. Um, but yeah, I have not I have not found the thing that he's. He's you know, I asked him. I said, "How many bad shows did you have with TJ and Dave?" I'm not going to tell. I'm not going to tell you what I what he answered. How many would you say you had? Bad. Bad. One. Whoa. He said the same thing. The Can very you... first one. And then we've been. They haven't. I would not say they've all. I would certainly not say they've all been been uh, great. I would not even say they've all been good. But we've only had one bad one. Okay, and that was the first one. The first one. And what made it bad? Just uh, we didn't do what we said we were going to do. Okay. All right. So getting back to what we're going to do. Yes. Uh, we look at the audience. Uh, she's not out there tonight. No. Nope. Okay. Uh, but over time, uh, seeing everyone's eyes has created this thing of like, well, you can see us, but we can see you, and it puts me at ease to know that like we're all in this to together. So that that like wow. Okay, because making eye contact with the audience, even in the monologue, scares the hell out of me. Really? It does. Okay, so we do that, and then then what? The lights come down? Um, Not at that point. Music's still playing at that point. Okay. And then um, we say we're we're looking forward to improvising for you, and trust us, this is all made up. And then the 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 first, when we both come out there, we're in silence, Mm -hmm. and... Uh, We look at each other Mm -hmm. and see if we can determine what's already going on. Okay, and then we just try and be, be, uh, be as close to feeling the same way about that as we can. Okay, let's try it. Okay. Okay, um, Emily, did you get that? What we're gonna do? Do you want me to? Do you want me to do music? Yeah, let's do the whole experience. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm dying tonight. Tonight's my last show. <laughs> What, what do you do before with Dave? What do you do and Dave? What do you guys warm up? Do you say anything to uh, each other? No, we talk about our day, uh, and then we go off separately to do whatever it is that kind of makes us feel most uh, without fear. 
Okay. And then uh, and then we hug, uh, usually stage left. Okay. Uh, and then we and then we walk out. So we're gonna hug before we do this. Okay. All right. Okay. birthday yeah it's going good yeah yeah there's still cake there yeah no I hate I'm sorry (laughs) you said you're gonna be here at nine yeah I tried to I tried to and then I got waylaid (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) Karen was here oh yeah she asked about you Really? Yeah. <laughs> like in um Yeah, in that kind of way. A future, a possible yeah. future one. Yeah. Okay. She's like, no, no, no. <laughs> I said you were gonna be here. What time did she get here? She was here at eight forty. Oh, so she got here early. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, probably claim out the territory, get comfortable. Yeah, she was like on the couch and she was like, you know, Bill was here. You know, Bill, and Bill was like all over her and stuff. Why? Because <laughs> that's Bill's nature. Like when he knows somebody's not here, like he just he just he he goes for her. You bought a ton of soda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got my dad's Costco card. <laughs> yeah. Hey, how, how many people came? Came. Well, I mean, at one time. Because they kind total. of total. Just give me the total the cum- cumulative. Still, and they're about six. Okay. Yeah. You had enough soda for twenty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really appreciate you coming. Yeah. No, I apologize. It took me so long. I got my uncle's in town, and so. I really? Had to, like entertain him for a little bit. Yeah, he's a DJ. He was. Yeah, I know. I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, right. Remember you that, Frank? Yeah. You met Doctor cool. Funk? Yeah. 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 <laughs> he made a. Remember a graduation? He made that that mixtape. Yeah. That was so boss, man. Mm-hmm. That was so boss. I had that until the last couple years, and then I spelled jelly on it, and it was like forget. You're the only one who says boss. Thanks, man. I think the I think the forties are going to be awesome. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the forties. Yeah. I, I am, man. You're due for a good decade. Yeah, yeah. The last. Decade. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Thirties were rough. Yeah. Still got the bird cage. Yeah. You should get another bird. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I'm still. I feel guilty getting another bird. Come on. Peaches yeah. would want you to have another bird. <laughs> don't you think? I don't know. Come on, if a bird do. could want if a bird could want something past seed, it would want you to have another bird. That's why I did like a cutout bird. That's the closest I can get to having a bird. I put coming soon on it. <laughs> yeah. 
I can I can read now. You know, Peaches loved <laughs> Peaches loved you more than he loved me. Come on. Yes. That okay. Every time you came over and he, he the door was open, he'd fly over the room and, and land right on your shoulder. Man. You were like Doctor Doolittle. I can't. Alright, that certain things really like me. Black ladies. Black ladies love you. Lesbians. Lesbians love you. Animals. Yep. I gotta think. That's yep. my, you know, like if I, you know, you're, you know, when you play Mortal Kombat and like speed, strength, or whatever, and everything is on a different gauge. Yeah. Black ladies, lesbians, and animals. Yep. That's my that's my strength. Yep. I'm like 98 percent on that. You said some really nice things at the funeral. Peaches. Oh, yeah. That was really nice. You were the only one who came. A lot of that, a lot of that might have been quotes that I left uncredited. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be or not to be? That one I thought everyone would know. <laughs> I knew, but I didn't want to say anything. I think a couple of things were from All Things Great and Small. Uh-huh. <laughs> I yeah. That one sounded like an REM lyric. It might have been. Okay. Yeah, Night Swimming deserves yeah. a quiet night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely an REM. <laughs> do you uh, think? Uh, do you think? Um, do you think Peaches died of natural causes or was it suicide? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm just asking. I would say, and if only only because it's a bird, <laughs> that it was natural causes. But I could see, and forgive me for this. This okay. The mood of the home. <laughs> Could have, could have led him to a place where he might be less happy. <laughs> and perhaps natural causes creep in. Yeah, but I, you know, and I don't want to sell birds short because I hear the parrots are very smart, but I just don't give them enough credit for suicide. You know? <laughs> And hell, it's probably a valiant act. If you're that unhappy, uh-huh. then it's probably a valiant act. But I don't even think the fall, I don't think the fall from the perch to the bottom of the cage would do enough to kill a, something that can fly. Because <laughs> okay. I've just been living with that guilt for a long time. Yeah. Oh. yeah. No, release yourself. Okay. Release yourself. I, there's no possible autopsies for birds. <laughs> no. Okay. Well, what do you? I don't know. If you really want to get to the core of it, can you exhume the body? <laughs> I, I, I How long does a cigar box last? Will it protect? <laughs> well, I wrapped it in plastic, so I'd say I'm gone for three months now. Probably like maybe hair, you know, like hair and fingernails keep on growing. Maybe like beaks and feathers keep growing out here. 
Let's party. Let's yes, party. party. Let's <laughs> party. See, that's what happens. Without you in my life, when I have a chance to party, I, it just goes back to depressing. Yeah. Oh, I got a record on order for you. Oh, really? I don't have it today. They said it was going to be here today. Oh, really? Really? A vinyl? Yes, yeah, vinyl. Oh, man. Vinyl. Yeah, you bought the thing. We should yeah. start putting stuff on it. Yeah, the turntable. Like, I man. know it has a turntable, no yeah. albums. Yeah. 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 So, well, yeah. I was waiting for my friends to bring them, but okay. you're the only one who came through. Ella and Louie. Ella Fitzgerald and, and Louie Armstrong. Satchamo. Yep. I like that. Yep. What did you say, Satchamo? Satchamo, that's what they called Louis Armstrong. Oh, yeah, I yeah. thought you said Satchamo. <laughs> well, I did, I said Satchamo. But it's Satchamo. Yeah. Yeah. I, love, see, I, I thought I would make you laugh. See, I can have a good time. I know you can. <laughs> I know you can. There's more pop in here if you want it. Oh, yeah, I'm not, yeah. You can I'm, take some home if you want. I might do that, but yeah, I'm not... I don't think I'll. I don't think we're gonna put a serious dent in that thing tonight. You, uh, yeah, we. You know what? You know what I should have gotten you was like uh, another chair. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like a, maybe an ottoman. You should think about like even an ottoman because oh, you yeah. can sit on that. A guest can sit on that or put their feet up on it. <laughs> That'd be cool, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, an army can be cool. That would be cool. <laughs> what do I need to get women in my life? You gotta get out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? Going to Costco is a pretty decent yeah. start. Yeah, you know? like that's because. I was trying to think about this the other day, and not just for you, but women need, like, women have to go certain places. Yeah. You know, they have to go to, like, gas stations. Uh Uh-huh. They have to go to a grocery store. Uh Uh-huh. They have to go to... That's about it. You know? (laughs) They have to, because everyone, just about everybody has to do that. So start hanging out at those places. You're gonna look creepy if you're hanging out at a gas station, you know? Like, you'll look like you don't know what you're doing or get out of here, you know? But you can grocery shop for a long time. You can really slow play a grocery store. And they gotta eat. So go to that, you know? And I think you would be great in a grocery store. Really? Yeah, dude, frankly, all right. As your friend, okay? I think I've probably not said a lot of stuff Don't put the on a gym table. Okay. (laughs) But as, now in the 40s, I'm going to be honest with you, because you can take this. This is what I like about you. You're always honest with me. Your befuddled nature in a grocery store is going to be lady bait. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have to work heavy props, but get, get a cart and put two things in it and then just stand somewhere and look like you don't know what like uh, um, uh, the dryer sheets do. (laughs) Someone is going to come up to you and help you. And I guarantee you that it's going to be a lady. That easy. I don't know. I wouldn't do it. (laughs) But I think that's your milieu. I think your groove zone is grocery store befuddled. (laughs) 
and, and you know, in hell. Obviously, I'm not. I'm not one to talk. Because I can't even... Oh, that's not true. That is not true. You've gotten more women since we were in high school. It's unbelievable. Than you? Yes. I've gotten more women? Yes. That's that's true. (laughs) And the thing is, when you're done with them, you're done with them. Alright. Remember Kathy? Yeah. Here goes Kathy. I remember... Yes, we don't have to call her that anymore. <laughs> I, I, if you're bringing up Kathy, I know it's going to be Kinko's Kathy, okay, and not and not eyeball Kathy. Oh, that was lazy eye Kathy. Yeah, <laughs> just call him Kathy. <laughs> and the thing is, Kinko's Kathy didn't work at Kinko's. You know why we called her Kinko's Kathy? Yes, I do, because you thought you heard something one time that you didn't hear. <laughs> And I kept repeating it. Yes. <laughs> they all don't work until one does work. You know what I mean? No. Every relationship. Every relationship. The people who are happiest in the world with their relationships are still... One in something works, you know, and and so we're not we're like not one of one has worked, you know. We're gonna be one in twenty works, or one in five works, or one in eight works. But they all don't work until the one that does work. So right now we're o for whatever. <laughs> Sooner or later we're gonna find the one, and then we'll be one out of boom. But that's all you really need is it's one. Boom. Is one, yeah, one boom, boom, one boom. See, that's that's why no one else at the party tonight, except for you, brought hope. Everybody else just ate my food and left. <laughs> there's still, is there any grub left? Well, there's some dip, and then a couple of chicken wings, but no shrimp. Why is it when people come over? Doesn't matter. They always clean you out on shrimp. First five minutes, it's gone. Is it still somehow considered like a delicacy or like a special thing, even though it's everywhere now? People still... Plus, it's got to be cold, so people eat it fast. Yeah. I think just saying the word shrimp, people just want to take it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If I said it was seafood over there, it would probably... uh, We'd probably have half of it. Who are you calling? I don't know yet. No one called me. I was gonna look through here, pick someone, pick a lady named Nancy. Do you know that Nancy? She's a little bit weird. <laughs> That's wait, 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 go back. Weird Nancy. Okay. She still lives in Chicago. I think so. I haven't talked to her in a while, but I can't. It's like a book. I can't give up a phone number. You know, I don't feel good. Okay. Any. Maggie. Okay. Maggie. Interesting. Remember we saw her last week at Navy Pier? Yes. She was... We're calling her right now. Okay. Hey, Maggie, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, been forever. What are you doing tonight? Well, uh, not too much. I'm at a hot party. 
Oh, you in the mood for as much soda as a lady can handle? Uh, let me see if I got some frozen pizzas. What? And pizza. There's pizza. There's dip. There's the uh, there's the memory of shrimp in the room. <laughs> I got a half a sheet cake too. Half a sheet cake. We got a half a sheet cake. <laughs> what? Chocolate on chocolate. Chocolate on chocolate. How filthy does that sound? <laughs> That's the height of decadence. Why don't you call? Why don't you call a friend and and have her come to one forty six. One forty six. Oakley. Oakley. Apartment two. Apartment two. <laughs> She's got to buzz in before. Okay. <laughs> yeah. A uh, couple folding chairs. <laughs> yeah. Does that work? No. Okay. No. Don't bring a movie. <laughs> cool. See you when that happens. Uh. 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 That was great. Right? Yeah. So now this is happening. Now this is happening. (laughs) All right. This is cool, man. It's really cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh. Thank you. What? Nothing. What? (laughs) Don't do that. Don't do that to me. What? It's nothing. No, no, no. Don't fuck with me I just remembered who Maggie actually is. Don't worry about it, though. Wait, wait. Don't worry about it. No, no, no. Tell me. Don't. I don't want... This is my birthday. I don't want surprises. What? Nothing. Don't worry about it. It's cool. It's it's absolutely cool. No, I know. I know. I can see it in your eyes. It's cool. No, no. You know what? I'm going to get her out of here, and I bet you her friend is awesome. (laughs) We'll stay here long enough, and then I'll clear her out. She's got a dark side, man. <laughs> if tradition holds, she's going to have a lot of henna tattoos on her back. Improv. That was a lot of fun. Good. That was really fun. Um, Something I noticed at the beginning was we were both playing low status characters, Mm -hmm. and then you made the adjustment to be a little high status. Was that a conscious choice? Um, I guess it was. You know what? Like I was, I was thinking a little bit of that as it was going on. Is that um, out of probably out of habit and comfort zone, I end up going low, Uh Uh, and I think Dave does this. Dave goes high out of comfort as well. Um, and so I don't know if necessarily status has to be claimed, but I was worried that we might both be inactive, um, that the, the, the portrayal of fear is okay as long as we're still improvising real strongly. And so I was worried that it might make us just two sad sack guys, um, and mood is really contagious. So two people being 
sad and inactive, I feel like there, it's almost like a mist that moves over the audience that then everyone starts feeling sad and inactive. Uh, Which is how I feel most of the time. There you go. <laughs> and I was just glad, like, oh my god, I got a character. TJ kind of, I'm just going to mirror what TJ's doing, and, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it was, it wasn't, it wasn't a, like a, a, uh, uh, like a status poll as much as like, well, I don't want it to be tragic and, and stagnant. Mm-hmm. What do you think we took from the discussion before? Oh, plenty, James. Okay. Because <laughs> I've got to, you know, doing this. You think my bird committed suicide? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, you know, all the relationships working and not, uh, relationships working and not working, um, and I know there was something else in there, but I can't place, place Well, I right think now. the whole thing about relationships and the whole thing that you talked about, you'd look out to the audience, the whole, you know, asking her to marry you and all that, I think that was in the scene too, don't you? Without, I think the, the feel of that was. Yeah. Something, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I, do you think people missed, like, okay... When they're given a they're given a suggestion or they're taking something that they're you know at the beginning of a herald that it never ne- it has to be so logical can it be just a feel a tone um, probably not from a well well like with a herald you take the suggestion but then you you know you you make it other things mm-hmm. um, uh, but I don't think if someone said you know spatula for the suggestion for that scene they'd at some point, I feel like we'd have to hold a spatula, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but I don't think they're they're so so what you know like so I end up flipping an omelet, and then we have that scene like oh thank God the spatula was there, you know. Like, I think eventually if 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 something's good, people are gonna be are gonna be fine, you know, are gonna be fine with that. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's Dave, in my experience, is that a suggestion doesn't necessarily need to to be to be taken. Mm-hmm. But I know other people feel more um, taken care of by having someplace to to start, and mm-hmm. often that's a suggestion. We just start with a different thing. We're going to take some questions from the audience, either okay. what we just did or a question for you. Okay. All right. Uh, yes. Uh, I was actually thinking this question before the scene. Now it's more relevant. Uh, I was listening to a podcast where Steve Altine said nothing should be off limits in a scene, but after his dad died of a heart attack, he couldn't get out of his head every time somebody he was playing with would have a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if the suicide thing that came up in that scene or in past performances has affected you in the moment. No, it hasn't. Um, and my my brother my brother passed. Uh, a while before I ever started improvising as well, so um, I had a chance to, to deal with that for, for a few years. Maybe it would be different if it was, you know, uh, if it was three weeks after it happened, but I had a chance to make, like, all my peace and stuff with that, so um, uh, I have yet to come across a thing that I just uh, shy away from. In, in a scene, <clears throat> except well, there's certain things, but they're not. It's not personal. It's like blatant cruelty, or you know, or some awful saying something awful, racist or blue or whatever for no good reason other than you were afraid. But there's no subject matter that I just won't, you know, like uh, I have, haven't been able to, to mess around with. 
Is there a, a healing part of improv for you? Because you do it so often per week. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I guess... I guess there is when I need to be healed, mm -hmm. but when I'm just fine, then, uh, then I don't need to be healed, so... <laughs> <laughs> yes? Um, when you're doing a long-form long, long two-person show, there can be a lot of like moments where it can get awkward or there might be dead air or anything. And what always befuddles me is the difference between, say, discovery and invention. Uh -huh. um, like what, what you said in terms of changing mood or at least changing your character's perspective slightly, when you make uh, conscious decisions like that, do you have that sort of agenda? I think I need to tweak something in here just to make, just so I can get this thing wheels, or is it more of an organic discovery and you just feel inclined to do that? Um, <coughs> I, I'm not quite sure. I think maybe part of it has become semi-instinctual. Semi um, and, and quiet times are not necessarily bad times. Yeah. You know, like we run through those we run through those silences sometimes when plenty is going on because we're just thinking and looking at each other or, or letting letting things be. Um, so I guess some I imagine sometimes a tiny this I, I guess if I had to put words to it, it would be that the smallest bit of of craft ends up coming into it but needs to be true to what's already been what's already been organically made and so every once in a while you'll make an adjustment and of maybe adding a little bit of energy to it so that a scene has you know um, a tone uh, an amplitude to it that hasn't been there before but ideally it's not just from out of nowhere now all of a sudden this guy's really high energy that you find something in your partner, you find something in the environment that's already been made that makes you excited. So at least you can have an up in there that you can, you know, then adjust, uh, then it, you can go back down if you want to, but at least there's this other, other note in the, in the tone. Because there, there are a lot of really inspired and cool um, moments in that piece. And um, what's so thrilling about watching you guys play, because you've both been doing this for so long, is that sometimes I wonder, like, how, are they, is that is that just because by virtue of them doing it for so long that their instincts are just there to guide them into? Um, oh no, this would be the this just feels like the pitch perfect thing to do. Or is it more just you know like like what you said? There's a little bit of crap, but it's all taken. Yeah, I mean, like ideally everything's already kind of been made. As soon as you do one thing, it's almost like if this is true, then what? If Jimmy is truly this sad, then what else is in this room with him? There ends up being a record player with no records, a birdcage with no birds, like way too much soda because he thought there was going to be 30 people showing up and five people came or whatever. That, like, if that's true, then what else? Then what else is? Then what else is true? That that I was outside, but Jimmy and I could see each other, so it has to be a screen door. And so, so what's the weather like? It has to be unseasonably warm, you know, like if it's this time of year. It doesn't need to be this time of year, but there are certain things, as soon as one thing happens, what else, ha what else needs, to be, needs to be true? And if you take the, 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 the time, it's, you can't really talk yourself to clarity. You usually have to quiet yourself to clarity because when you try and talk yourself to the next thing you know about each other, it sounds like you're searching for that thing. If you're quiet and just let what's already happened soak in a little bit or you just look around the room or you look at your partner, 
then they're going to give you what the next thing is, or the room will give you what the next thing is. Um, but as soon as a move's made, it's almost like dominoes just start falling, because now these other things have to be, have to be true, if, if that makes any sense. I think also, too, that you, um, you, you use the environment. And I think today, you know, it, as long as I've been around, environment seems to be less and less. Like, so you were making great discoveries in the environment. Too much soda, the no, uh, the turntable with no records, all that kind of stuff. And and I think today students uh, place less importance on the environment. Do you think that's true? I don't know. Um, and and I don't. And if and I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think going to the environment first is not necessarily helpful. But knowing that, you know, like, if you've got a good relationship going, there's, there's no, there's nothing bad about bringing the, the world, the, the, the world that you're in, into that. Um, so I don't know. I, I guess I prefer when I watch people to make sure they have something going on here before they start looking any other place than where their partner is. Is your theory almost like go to the relationship and then everything else will unfold? Yeah, I imagine. Like, they, they talk about who, what, where, mm-hmm. who, what, where. Like, give me who, give me a little more who. Start to solidify your who some more. Give me some more who on this. <laughs> a little more who. Maybe we'll find out where where is. I mm-hmm. don't know what a what is. Mm-hmm. I still don't know what the what is. So, like, so, okay, so now you're there. Fine. Now let's get back to who and who and who and who and who. But but in our in our, in our scene, it was really more of a connection, you know, more of an emotional kind of connection that, that, that we were basing it on mm-hmm. versus, oh, you're a friend. We've been friends for high school. We kind of discovered that as we went. Well, yeah, but that, I mean, that's how it happens, isn't mm-hmm. it? Like, you, you already know who you are to each other, so you never say, like, remember how we're friends from high school? <laughs> you know, like, it's, you're already, um, and who's not a title? We use titles, you know, like you know, when you teach, like, well, let's let's work on, you know, like, let's make sure you have that relationship solid, son, dad, like, whoo, thank God we got that relationship done, you know, right. like, the the title does not suffice for the nature of the, of what the who is. It's mm-hmm. it's how those two people are in that moment, in that time, with each other. How do they behave with each other at that at that moment? Um, and fathers and sons behave like, like, like colonels and sergeants and fathers and sons behave like best friends and fathers and sons behave like sons and fathers reversed you know so so the title does not does not suffice and 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 i think the scene we did jimmy was just okay okay um uh, uh, i think it had moments and and had some stuff i personally felt a little fearful in it and probably went out to the environment a little bit because i wasn't sure how to how to make what we had with each other more solid, and so I went outside. I think it was I think it was okay, but I know that if we spent the next five, ten years working on it, we get we get to points where we thought we had really good ones. What would you like to see to improve it? I don't know. Okay. I would. I don't know. Will you know tonight before you go to bed? Will this be playing in your head? No, I'm going to let it go. Okay. (laughs) I'll obsess about it and I'll call you tomorrow. Sounds good. What have you learned playing with Dave Pasquese the last 10 years? Um, That it's not okay to take a day off. Like, you can't, you don't take a show off. Um, If, as long as everyone's going to be there, 
you may as well try your best to make it awesome. Um, and that that's what you're shooting for is, is to have it be great. Um, as Dave says, I don't know if he said this last week, that you're, you shoot for a goal, you're always going to come up short. But if you shoot for it to be great, you might hit funny or interesting or curious or something along the way. If you shoot for it to be funny and you come up short, you only hit shitty, really shitty, <laughs> awful, you know, uninteresting. Um, and so there's no reason that we can't do just a couple of the things that, that we say improv is about, is to listen, to, to be honest, to react honestly, to, to pay attention. Those things, and you know, when I was first starting to improvise, I used to think like, well, who knows how this scene's going to go? Like, well, just go see. Like, that, that almost like that it wasn't under our control to give ourselves the best possible chance to have it go well. But knowing that you can flip a switch that says, uh, personally, that I'm going to pay attention, I'm going to listen, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest and react honestly, it usually leads to at least a pretty, a pretty good scene. And, and now that that, that that floor is there, then you can find out how good it, how good it can be. Um, Are you ever concerned about the laughs? Or no, ever. I, like I I'm not getting enough I laughs. Say, I can't say. Oh, I, I've never thought that. Okay, I do all the time. Yeah. Okay. Um, but I know, I know times where the show felt really, really good. It was dead quiet, but it was dead quiet. It was as quiet as it is when everybody laughs. It was. It was everybody not doing anything. No, no movement of chairs. No one grabbing a drink. Nobody like coughing. There wasn't a, a you know a, a clearing of the throat. It was silent, and that felt as good as everyone laughing felt. Um, so I don't, I don't, I don't feel like I'm not getting enough laughs because sometimes you're doing a really good job and no one's laughing at all. Um, and that feels, that felt pretty all right. Now, you've done a ton of Sonic commercials. Used to. Do, do you have any of the Sonic money left? <laughs> Some of it. Okay. Well, yeah. I, I bought a condo with it. Okay. So I, I live. Because I, I, I was always jealous. I'm like, he's making tons of money every year on the Sonic stuff. Yeah. Look at me. Jimmy, look at me. Yeah. <laughs> You think you get these haircuts for nothing? <laughs> what is the thing you're most proud of at this point in your career? Uh, that that I would say that 98% of the people I've been in contact with would have said that that's a, that's a decent guy. Well, I definitely think you're a decent I think you're more than a decent guy. Thank you, Jim. Thank you so much. T.J. Jagodowski. Well, there you have it, another Improv Nerd podcast. And I just want to thank TJ. Uh, I've known TJ uh, for, for a while now, and I just really think that he, in that interview, really went really deep. He went really personal, and he was a guy that, that I didn't know what to expect, and uh, it was really, really refreshing. So uh, it, was, it was really nice. And I just, I, I just again, want to thank him because it was a, a great interview. Uh, if you're ever in Chicago and you get a chance to see this show, TJ and Dave is just 
it's, it's totally worth checking out. It's Wednesday nights at 11 p.m. at I.O. or in New York at the Barrow Street Theater. I want to thank my producer, Ben Caprero, the good people here at Stage 773 before we take off. And uh, if you want to know more about Improv Nerd or the classes I teach the artist low comedy, go to jimmycorain.com. And, of course, like us on Facebook. All you have to do is go to Improv Nerd and hit the like button. I, I've even given you the instructions on how to do it because I'm a total control freak. Uh, until next time, remember, walk, don't run. Let's say uh, Seinfeld was on an island yeah. and he was blowing Boris Karloff. What would, it, what would that be like? <laughs> it might go something like this. Oh, Mr. Karloff. I loved you and Frankenstein, and I love giving you a blowjob. Why, Mr. Seinfeld, I'd love having you fuck.